Today on the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, we're going to be talking about the B2B digital marketing funnel. What is it? How do you optimize it? And how can sales professionals use it to engage with customers in a way that increases their chances to buy? Listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson, and today we're going to be talking about the B2B digital marketing funnel. There's a lot of talk going on about how do people understand value from the perspective of the buyer, how to how do new companies engage with uh, prospective clients in ways that provide them value, not necessarily just show the value you think you have. And there are ways that this can be done effectively. We spend a lot of time with our clients talking about concepts like the sphere of influence and the vortex sphere of engagement. These are models that allow sales and marketing professionals to engage in a way that delivers value first and then moves people into a qualified prospect. Today, we're going to be speaking with Joe Applefarm. He's the CEO of Ajax Union, and he has some very unique perspectives on what is a B2B digital marketing funnel, what's the optimal setup for it, how do you structure it in a way that allows you to engage in a value-based relationship, uh, and how do you even segment that top of the funnel into more finite steps that people can go through. It's a great conversation with Joe. I'm really glad he spent some time with us. Um, Keep an eye out. He has a book coming out in the next few months uh, called Seven Stages to Seven Figures. It's his kind of story of how he grew Ajax Union and became a very sought after keynote speaker. But for those that are listening today, there's some definite takeaways in here that I think you'll find extremely valuable. And without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Joe. Joe, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. So before we uh, jump into the topic of the day, we'd like to start with a question to provide uh, insights into you for our audience. We'd like to ask our guests, you know, if you think back over your career, was there a, a pivotal moment or, or something that happened that you go back to and learn lessons from over and over? Kind of what was that moment and what lessons did you take away from it? So for me, it's the moment I realized that I had to get rid of basically almost all my clients in order for me to be able to run a successful company. So we started about eight years ago and our goal was to service all businesses, right? Like, you know, you start a business, you're like, how can I get to a million in revenue? How can I get to 2 million? How can I get to 4 million? So we're hitting 500 in 2012 and we're growing and everything's great. Then at some point we start churning clients. We start adding 50 and losing 50, adding 50 and losing 50. And we've serviced over 1100 companies And we're like, something's wrong. So I started researching all the agencies to figure out what they're doing different. And they're like, they're not servicing hundreds. They're servicing dozens. And so I realized that not every client is created equal. And if I wanted to grow in quality and in profit and my revenue and my team and everything, I had to change my client base. Because predominantly, most of my clients were under a million in revenue. And we were signing them up quickly, but they were also going out of business quickly because... (laughs) (laughs) That's what companies do. Um, Most companies go out of business in the first three years. More go on in the the first five. And almost all of them, over 96%, go out of business in the 10 years. So we had to do something differently very quickly. So after doing a lot of research, I learned that 
you have to really focus on strategy because the right strategy will help you, will save you a decade. You can't just do, 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 do. Energy without strategy is useless. Uh, excellent. Excellent. Now for our listeners, can you give them a little more context around Ajax Union and your role there? Yeah, Ajax Union is a B2B digital marketing agency. My role is a CEO, chief energy officer. My goal is to energize everyone and to coach people here and to find clients and find more employees and create a culture of winners, a culture of amazing communication, amazing employees, amazing synergy. What we do is we help companies generate leads, nurture those leads from the top of the funnel to the bottom line. Our goal is to help you find the right customers, just like we found the right customers, just like we aligned ourselves. We do that for our clients now. We had to really reinvent ourselves over the past two years and reinvent our clients, reinvent our offering, and align ourselves with being a premier B2B digital marketing agency, doing everything from account-based marketing to brand communication to website management. Whatever you need us to do, we'll be there for you. Excellent. And today we want to talk about the, the B2B digital marketing funnel. Now, I, having a marketing background in sales, I think I understand how you're using that phrase. But for our audience, I would love if you could just kind of put some context around that. So a lot of people are doing social media. Have you heard of somebody doing social media? They're doing <laughs> they're doing SEO. I'm like, dude, how's that working out for you? Yeah, well, we're doing it. We're just doing it. What do you mean you're doing it? Would you, we're just... We're, we're finding the keywords. We're shoving them into the website. And I'm like, why you use that keyword? Why'd you shove that keyword into the website? Because we want more, we want more traffic. I'm like, why do you want more traffic? I want more traffic because we want to make money. Like you're going to lose money. You get the wrong traffic, you lose money. You get the wrong people in the door, you lose money. You lose money every time. And if you make money, you only make money short term. Somebody's like, well, Joe, what's the difference between the B2B marketing funnel and the B2C marketing funnel? I said B2C is transactional for the most part. Yes, you can have a relationship aspect, but most B2C companies are you walk into the cleaners, you buy the you, you clean the shirt, you leave, you have a good day. Who else? Who's next? Next. You know, right. the they yell, next. <laughs> you're like waiting online, you're like, next, you want a fried chicken? Next, get out, next, who's next? So with B2B, it's very different. It's very, very different because you're relying on clients that hopefully are gonna be residual income for you. You're going to have to build a relationship. Your buying cycle, your, the time to close a client from when you get a lead till you nurture the lead, till they have a need, until they turn into a client and hopefully stay a client and refer business and keep buying from you over and over and over is a long-term play. It's not something you just do. So if you just do and get the wrong client based on low, being the lowest cost provider and you just get in the door and you're like, next, who's next? And you just have a body shop, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out, a laundromat, in and out, in and out, in and out. You're not going to be able to tap into the depth that you can tap into with dealing with the types of companies that are going to be able to provide for your company long term. So when it comes to a marketing funnel, it's either I get a customer, they buy from me, they leave, they never buy from me again, or I get a random customer or you identify who the most ideal company is, right? Also called a persona, an avatar. You craft a value proposition that aligns with their specific values, right? What they value, what they care about, where their specific needs. You find the problem that you're going to solve that they really appreciate. Not everybody cares about saving money. Not everybody cares about the highest quality. Not everybody cares about doing it fast, Everybody has a different thing that they value. And based on what you offer, 
You find a persona, target demographic. Like, think about the difference between the fanciest furniture store in your neighborhood and Ikea. Right? Ikea, like, I ask Ikea, like, how far is Ikea? Oh, Ikea. Ikea goes where no buses go, no trains go. <laughs> like, if you want to go to Ikea, you literally have to go on a road trip. We are going to Ikea today, and you get in your car, and you drive to the end of the world, and when you get there, you ask, look for the signs for Ikea. That's where Ikea is. But Ikea, you literally buy furniture that's so cheap, like you can't find cheaper furniture anywhere else, right? That's what they are. They're cheap and build it yourself. So what if it takes eight years to build your furniture? It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) So what if by the time you finish building it, you got to put it out to the trash? It's fun. (laughs) Some people say, just build it outside the house. You don't have to take it back out. You know, just build it out. (laughs) Let the garbage truck just take it. But the bottom line is they built a, a, a huge business based on that value proposition of we're not the most convenient. We're not the highest quality. But guess what? We're the darn, darn cheapest and funkiest furniture you'll find anywhere. And, and so- that's the proposition. And so with that's a big challenge, right, that we see today. We don't, especially the sales guys in B2B, they don't have that uh, default to, to talk to and understand from a buyer's perspective what a buyer finds valuable. Now, at the organizational level, are there signs that an, an organization like a CMO could look around or a CRO could look around and say, hey, we're not paying attention to the funnel? Are there signs that they would see um, you know, that they're not doing or optimizing yeah. their funnel? Well, step number one is churn. What's your churn rate? If you're losing clients, if clients are coming in one side, going out the other side, like they were by us, then you're obviously not, you're not focused. You're not focused on your value proposition. Also take a look at your top 20% of your clients. I mean, there's the 80, 20 rule, right? 20% of your clients will produce 80% of your revenue and 20% of your bad clients will produce 80% of your headaches. So think about, (laughs) think about, think about where your headaches are. Think about where you're, where you're feeling good, where you're loving it. Think about what's going on. And most people are not making that calculation. Most people are the more, more, more people. And the more, more, more people just want more. And when they get more, they want more of more. And they don't care about the quality. They care about the quantity. And they want more and more, more and more sales, more and more calls, more and more sales. I don't care who you're going to call. If it moves, buy it. If it moves, get it as a client. Everyone's a client. And there are some companies that are like that. And they, they have to grow by acquisition if they're like that. And it becomes very hard to be able to acquire the right customers. They end up acquiring the right companies that are acquiring the right customers because those are the most profitable companies. So a sign is churn. Another sign is you don't have a you have a confused sales reps that are failing. If your sales reps, if you take a look at your sales reps, you have 10, 15, 20, 30, 50, 100 sales reps, and only 10 of them are doing it, and they're cowboys. They're like the ones that are, you know, they're, they don't fit into the culture, and they're just doing it, and you don't have systems and processes, and you don't have the way, the best way, where you can literally put anyone that has a good a good enough personality that fits your brand that can just follow your process, it's because you don't have things aligned and you're just looking for the cowboys that are not scalable. You're just looking for the, it's not going to work. So if it doesn't, if you don't have systems and scalable systems, it's because you don't have this value proposition. You don't have this ideal customer base. And if your customers are leaving, it's because they don't align with you. If you have to be the lowest cost provider, if your sales reps are complaining, we're too expensive, your sales reps should not be complaining, we're too expensive. Somebody <laughs> just came over to me and said, one of our clients wants, to, wants us to justify the hourly rate. I was like, first of all, we don't have an hourly rate. We deliver results. 
And so they're like, yeah, but we told its client our internal hourly rate. Da, 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 da. I was like, all right, great. What, what do they want? Do they want a discount on the hourly rate? Okay. So, well, if they 10x what they're spending with us, we're happy to give them a discount. Are they willing to do that? Do they want to buy volume or do they just want the quality? And they're like, well, they want a lower hourly rate. I was like, all right, so it'll take double the time. <laughs> because we're going to have to find somebody else to do it. Yes, no problem. We'll find someone cheaper to do it. It'll take double the time, and they're just wasting time. You're either wasting money or wasting time. Decide which one you want to spend. You're getting the same result at the end of the day. So by us, our result is quality. We want to be able to provide quality with the right strategy, with the right execution, doing it right the first time because we measure, 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 and cut once. You see the guy that's cutting trees down, he doesn't realize that if he sharpens the saw, he doesn't have to spend six months cutting the tree down. He can sharpen the saw for, for two hours and you just knock the tree down. It just works. But instead, he's like, I don't want to sharpen the saw. I don't want to teach my sales reps. I don't want to spend time with strategy. I'm just going to use my energy and keep cold calling people that are never going to answer the phone because people are allergic to the phone. And guess what? Talking about the funnel, we'll get into the funnel. I know this is all about funnels. People that are doing SEO, doing social media, just doing it as like a checklist thing, they're sending bottom-of-the-funnel messages to top-of-the-funnel prospects. And you know what that's like? That's like walking into a used car lot. Imagine you walk in because you happen to be in a, in a bad situation. You walk into a used car lot, and you're looking around, and obviously you see the sales rep catch his eyes with you, and you see him walking towards you. You start feeling the vomit, like, gurgle up in yourself, and you're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, <laughs> this is about to happen. This is about to go down. And the second he's about to open his mouth, you know he's going to give you a bottom of the funnel pitch. He's going to give you that bottom of the funnel pitch and try to convince you to buy something that you're not ready to buy right now because right now you're just researching to see what's in here. What's in this graveyard? What is going on over here? Can I buy a lemon here? Can you sell me a lemon? Can I see, do you guys, is this a lemonade stand or is this a used car sales lot? So, <laughs> so a lot of people are treating their marketing list, their prospect list, like, like their bottom of the funnel. Like who told you? You're not even looking at your analytics. You're just sending messages out. You're not even looking at who's engaging. And a lot of people buy technologies and they don't use them. And I'm not saying you're doing everything wrong. It could be you do have some type of funnel. It could be you do have stages. It could be, but there's better ways to do things. And if you use a little more strategy, I'll give you an example. Let's say on a B2B play, right? In a B2B play, you have usually a bunch of different personas, right? You have your influencer. Oftentimes, that's the CEO or the board or whatever, you have your decision maker. It could be it's like the director of marketing, the CIO, whatever, the, the person in charge of, of making very specific decisions. You have the decision maker. You have the user, the person who's actually using it, maybe the production assistant, the marketing manager, whatever. And then you have the, the, the buyer, maybe somebody who actually pays the bills and actually has to deal with, with the money and so on. So you have different personas, and every persona has a different top-of-the-funnel message, different middle-of-the-funnel message, and different bottom-of-the-funnel message. Someone's like, oh, Joe, what's top-of-the-funnel? What does that mean? That means they don't necessarily, they're not ready to buy right now. They just want more information. They just want to learn about the industry. They just want to learn about, you know, why if you're selling office furniture, they just want to learn about the effects of office furniture on your health, on your day-to-day, -day, on your back, how you avoid back pain using the right office furniture. It has nothing to do with you. Don't talk about you. Stop talking about you. We're all loving to talk about us. So the used car salesman walks in. He's like, hey, do you know what I have in my pants? I'm like, I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. I don't care what you have in your pocket. I don't care what you have in your shirt. I don't care. I don't care any of that stuff. What I care about is ask me about me. The more you talk about me, the more interested I am. 
So ask me what I'm looking for, why I'm here, how you can help me. Don't sell me anything yet because I just walked in the door. I'm not ready to do anything. You don't even know anything about me. It's like, a, it's like education. You want to educate me. You want to tell the person, if they're a family person, this is what other family people get. These are statistics. These are safety ratings. This is what's going on. And that's top of the funnel. And then middle of the funnel is about building trust. It's like case studies. It's like webinars. It's like education-based marketing. But again, you're showing people. If you give somebody a case study right away off the bat, like you're you're already in the middle of the funnel. It's 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 also it's not as bad as just selling them because like really you're gonna sell me. But you know you still want to be able to take people to the top first and then push them to the middle and eventually get them to the bottom of the funnel where you get them to like you because people buy things from other people that they like, they know and they trust. So that's that's the the way that we look at the funnel. Filling the top of the funnel is a challenge, especially in dynamic markets with shifting technology solutions and increasingly informed buyers. There is no silver bullet to effective prospecting, but Value Prime Solutions has developed a proven framework and approach that delivers results. Check out valueprimesolutions.com and ask how Vortex Prospecting can deliver more qualified leads for your teams. And so can you give us an example of a, of a simple funnel versus a, a more complex funnel? Yeah. So a simple funnel is you give some educational material, right? You give a buyer's guide. You give a buyer's guide. Let's say you're doing polypropylene bags, right, for, for wholesale, for bakeries. So you give a buyer's guide. They you see somebody engages. They get the buyer's guide and they download the buyer's guide. And then they come in and... You send them a, an email, hey, would you like to see a case study of how somebody bought from this person versus this person and how much they were able to save and production time and blah, blah, blah. So they download the case study. Now they're in the middle of the funnel. So they build trust. You see them engaging with it. And then you say, would you like to schedule an appointment so we can review what you're doing, right? That's very, very basic. Top, middle, bottom, right? A lot of people don't even do that. They're just like, you want to buy? This is how much it costs. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? Like, I'm, I'm like browsing my LinkedIn. Like, what does it have to do with buying? You know, like even when you're sending a message out, I just sent a message to 89 people on LinkedIn, my friend's contacts. He sent me a list of marketing contacts. He's like, and we reviewed every single one. We made sure which one is closer, which one is deeper, which one he knows as an acquaintance, as a networking buddy, as a client, as a past client, as an employee. So we went through the whole thing. And so I blasted it out. And my blast was, I'd like to learn about you. You know, Todd told me to reach out to you and blah, blah, blah. And I'd like to learn about you position at this company. And that was very specific, very targeted. And then I'm reviewing the opens. And I, within 15 minutes, I contacted 89 people. Three of them bounced. None of them unsubscribed. I got four meetings with marketing people that potentially want to buy from me. Well, how did I do that? It literally took me no time to do. And I made four introductions to him as well from his own contacts of people that needed his stuff that he didn't even know because he's not doing it. <laughs> so talk about to very top of the funnels. Like I want to learn about you. Tell me about you. So even in networking that works, a very complicated funnel, a very complicated funnel is being able to provide people with a tremendous amount of education. So you can have a course, right? So there's a guy who was telling me, that he has a hard time getting authors to buy his platform. And I said, what does your funnel look like? He's like, buy my platform. And I was like, okay, let's create a complicated funnel. He's like, how? He's like, how does somebody buy your platform? He's like, well, I have to qualify them. They have to call me. I was like, okay, nobody wants to call you. Here's a complicated funnel. Why don't you get people to download an article about five facts on being an author and selling a course? He's like, okay. After that, send them 
to a course that they need to take. Give them a free master class. He's like, well, I have to create a master class. I was like, dude, every time you talk to these guys on the phone for 30, 60 minutes, you create, you're talking a master class. <laughs> Just record one of your freaking master classes that you've been giving every single person manually and make some videos. You're in the course creation world anyway. Make a course. And whoever takes that course, then take them through a customized webinar. And from the webinar, take them to a maybe an in-person seminar with other authors, and then take them to a specialized roundtable networking event. And from the roundtable networking event, give them a free strategy session. From the free strategy, do you get what I'm doing here? Yeah, I get what you're we doing. We go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And, deeper and, deep, and, and, and before you know it, you're delivering so much value. They're like, okay, I don't know like how I got so entrenched in your business, but I, I'm in your house for Thanksgiving. I'm on your couch. <laughs> I'm knocked out. And you're going through my wallet. <laughs> that's bottom of the funnel. <laughs> that's bottom of the funnel. It's like Thanksgiving and he's like, the whole family is there and you're like smiling. You're like, I did it. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and we all want the same thing, right? We all want value. At the end of the day, if you're going to buy a car, you want value. You want to get a good car that you like that's right for you. So, you know, it's one thing, but I want it in a classy way. I don't want you to walk over to the bar with the, with the hotel keys. You know, don't, don't do that. That's dumb. <laughs> That don't just slide a hotel key at me, you know, be a little classy. Give me a wink, buy me a winky, you know, like yeah. do something classy. It'll take me for a dance, something, right? Rock climbing, vegan cooking lessons, something <laughs> like mask it with a little class here. Let's get classy people. <laughs> Same thing with marketing. <laughs> so that's my thought. Sorry for, sorry no, for the rant. Great. No, no, I'm no, that's great. On, on left field. No, no, that's great. I mean, and so at an organizational level, like I can see, you know, if that individual is running and, and, and is doing, you know, courses and stuff that makes sense for them. But at an organizational level, you have a lot of sales reps today or even marketing. Let's just focus on sales. Sales reps that, that also have to, you know, blur that line between sales and actually marketing themselves, right? So if you're in an organization and you've, they've got a marketing team and the marketing team is putting out content, how do you recommend that a salesperson um, kind of keep an eye on their individual uh, marketing funnel? Because they they would call it a lead funnel or whatever. But how, yeah. how can a sales rep uh, leverage the same kind of, of approach? Well, so if your company, if you're lucky enough to be a sales rep that works for an organization that's creating internal insights, that's creating top of the funnel content, middle of the funnel content, and so on, what you want to do is you want to be able to leverage that information and make yourself a thought leader. You want to comment on that. You want to share that on your own personal social media. You want to engage your own personal prospects. You can do it in a mass way, in a way where you're just delivering value in your own way. So if you're a sales rep, you got to have your own funnel. You got to know out of your, let's say, 500 prospects that you have on your list, who are the 100 that are most likely to buy from you in the next 90 days? Who are the 50 that you've already reached out to 12 times and you had calls with? Who are the ones that are going to put you on the on the list of on the restraining order list? Like <laughs> you should probably not be sending them anything. Um, so you want to think about like think of like a marketer because ultimately your job is can be done with marketing till the point of appointment, till the point where you're ready where the person's ready to get a demo or whatnot. All that could be done by marketing. It could be done by sales. Like, you know, you, the traditional method is you do a cold call and you don't even have the person's name, right? You call up, you're like, hi, I'd like to sell you something. And they're like, okay, goodbye, right? <laughs> or you call them up and you're like, you know, let's say I, I remember I was once calling dentists. I, I got an attack. I said, you know what? There's uh, there's hundreds of thousands of dentists in the United States and, and they're all doing about a million dollars in revenue between half a million and a million. 
And, you know, the, those are the sweetest, most ideal clients for Ajax Union, right? That, that's what I thought for a sec. <laughs> I realized <laughs> after calling a thousand dentists, I realized that dentists are not the most pleasant people to call on. Uh, and, and the receptionists are annoyed and underpaid. And OK, but I wanted to get in. So how did I hack the system? So the first thing I did was obviously like any other they call it the horny 17-year-old, pick up the phone and say, hi, do you want digital marketing? Hi, my name's Joe. And they're like, no, 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 no. And after 100 no's, I kind of got the hint, right? No. So I got to change my approach. So I'm thinking to myself, a couple of them that I called up and they said, I don't want digital marketing. We're a closed practice. And I was like, ooh, closed practice. That's cool. <laughs> you might be thinking, why is that cool? I'm like, because they're successful. Maybe they could do digital marketing, but they're a closed practice. They don't even want more clients. Why would they spend it, right? So I was like, for the okay, so obviously if they're a closed practice, it doesn't work. So maybe I should find out if they're accepting patients. Oh my gosh, that should be my script. <laughs> so I pick up the phone. I call up the next place. I just want to get a yes. Give me something. Give me a yes so I can dance a little. I've been depressed. <laughs> Past day, I'm calling 100 people. Anyway, I pick up the phone. I'm like, hi, do you guys accept new patients? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I got a yeah. It wasn't a yes, but I got a yeah. Because I'm calling in California and in California I say yeah. Anyway, I was so pumped. I was so excited. So I started using that as my script. And before you know it, I got into many doors. And then I realized I don't want those doors. Like once you get in the door, you realize you don't want to be in the door. You're like, oh, okay, okay. Now that I got here, how can I leave? And it was really easy. Just delete the list and start a new list. And we tried e-commerce. And that's how we got to B2B. We tried so many different industries because, like I said, we've serviced 1,100 clients. But the crazy thing was is that me, as a person doing sales and the other salespeople on my team, we all had our own personal funnels. We all had our own list of prospects. And I also, with networking, if you're a sales rep, if you're a sales manager, even if you're a vice president of sales or a CEO, you have your own list of people that are very likely to refer business to you. And if you don't have a funnel with those people, you're not networking correctly. If you're not top of mind with your top 70 people, like if you don't have a list of 70 people, I always say this, why 70? Because it's 10 per day. 10 per day, seven days a week. If you don't have 70 people that you stay on top of mind with at least once a week or once a month, if you want to be a super connector, do it once a week. If you want to be you know, just great to do it once a month. If you want to be like above average, do it once a quarter. And if you want to be average, never do it because people, <laughs> the average person doesn't do any of this stuff at all. But if you just literally, okay, you know what? You don't want to do seven, 70, make seven. Who's your top seven? Who are seven people that could refer business to you that are likely to refer business to you in the next 20 years? Who are they in the next 10 years, in the next five years, in the next three months? Who are the people that are touching your prospects in an appropriate way? Who are those people? Think about that. <laughs> Think about who's calling on your prospects, who's engaging with them, and whoever that is, build a relationship with them. Be top of mind with them. Don't sell them anything. They're networking. Invite them, send them information, ask them questions. You know, like if you want to engage with a LinkedIn prospect with a LinkedIn connection, guess what you do? Send them a LinkedIn message and say, Do you use LinkedIn often? Simple as that. That's engagement right there. Personal connection. How often do you use LinkedIn? How do you use it? Are you part of any groups? Like simple, that's how you engage people in a meaningful way. I, I noticed that you're part of X group. Are you getting value out of that? Is there something I can do to support you? I noticed you write, wrote this article. Would you like me to share it with my network? I just liked your article. What do you think about blah, 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 or whatever? Or asking people for to review your article that you just wrote or an insight that you have and ask them for some feedback. Hey, can I get two minutes of feedback? What do you think about this headline? Asking for advice. And people are not nurturing their own network. And because they're not nurturing their network, and you know what? It's not even their fault. You know why? 
because most human beings are not strategists. I'm a strategist, <laughs> but most human beings are just doing what they're told. Even sales reps, they're doing what they're told. So if you're on the top of an organization, if you're a CMO, a CRO, a sales, whatever, you're a strategist. You're a strategist, and you have not created strategies for your people to follow. I, I, I used to get upset at people in my organization that, how come you can't come up with good ideas like me? And they'd look at me, they're like, I, I wish I could. I just like, it's like you're asking a, a, a cow to lay an egg. I wish I could. <laughs> Dude, like cows say, say moo, they don't go, bar, 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 bar. they don't do that. Like if you want that, like, get, get a chicken and there's no room for chicken. There's only one rooster <laughs> in this hen house. <laughs> so when an organization's trying to focus on growth, right, and you, you shared that story where you had to kind of, you know, cut all your customers loose and find some new ones, when they when customers are looking at for that growth, how do you what are the steps that they should take? And because you're right, not everybody's a strategist, but what steps could they take to make sure they're building a strong digital marketing funnel? Well, step number one is make sure you know who your persona is. Make sure you know who your most ideal client is. There's a there's a Harvard professor called Frances Fry, and I went to a class that she did for Entrepreneurs Organization. And one of the things that she said, which was a little mind-blowing, and she said, what are you deliberately bad at? Everyone like, like craned their neck and lifted their head a little bit and said, like, wow, what do you mean? Like the best companies are deliberately bad at something. Right. Like, for example, Southwest Airline. Right. They're deliberately bad at being inappropriate, like having suits. <laughs> You're going to you ask them to wear a suit. They're like, well, I'm wearing a bikini, shorts, whatever. Like, that's what they wear. They wear whatever the heck they want. They come to work all relaxed and comfortable. And somebody it was one somebody that sent a letter to the CEO and said, well, if your people dressed well, I would come and fly. And they're like, nice to see you. You know, see you later. Like, I'm too bad. That's not what we do. We have our way of doing things. We know what we're really, really good at. We're not going to assign seats. Like, first come, first serve. You just run in like a mad rush. And whoever gets the best seat, kind of like in kindergarten, get the best seat. Whoever walks in first is first. That's how they do things. I was like, I, I personally like my seat assigned. So I go to JetBlue. I'm not, you know, a Southwester, but a Southwest fan is a Southwest fan. They they know who they're talking to. So in your business, specifically in B2B, you have to know who you're targeting and you have to make sure that you're targeting those customers with the right messaging. So if you don't have the right messaging and the right strategy, you're going to fail out of the gate because you're not going to resonate with anybody. If you're like everything to everybody, that you're nothing to nobody. So the key is to be able to have the right message. That's step number one. Once you have the right messaging, then identify who the messaging is for. Are you targeting influencers, decision makers, buyers? or users. And we had one company that was targeting buyers and they were wondering why influencers weren't engaging with their content. Like, <laughs> are you out of your mind? You're literally talking to users. This was a, a company that did product management education workshops. Very big, very big company. And they came to me and they're like, we have no idea why the people are buying, you know, they have a thousand dollar a year budget, but we want to target the people on top that can spend a million dollars a year with us. And I was like, you're an idiot. Like, how are you supposed to target them with this content? You're like, this is like user content. And you're doing a great job because you're filling your workshops. But you're a two, $3 million business when you can be a $20 million business if you just target the influencers with a different funnel. So they're like, oh, wow, that's brilliant strategy. And I was like, that's not a brilliant strategy. It's obvious. But if you're in the jar, you cannot read the label. And I'm outside of the jar. Actually, I'm not just outside of the jar. I'm outside of my mind. People say I'm out of my mind. So I'm like outside of my mind. And that's how I'm able to do that because I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, have, I'm having a party doing this. And because we have so much fun, 
we're able to come up with these incredible strategies, these incredible ideas. And we love talking to people. Most of the people we talk to don't turn into clients and that's fine. But we have a great reputation of having these amazing conversations with executives, with marketing directors, with CMOs, with sales directors, with salespeople. We love doing this stuff. And that's what gives us oxygen. Excellent. So when, um, where did the idea to do, to create Ajax Union come from? What was the inspiration to create the company? Everyone asks me to answer this following question. I answer it with the following question. Have you ever built something and said, if you build it, they will come? Yeah. <laughs> You've heard that before. Oh, yeah. You build, you build it, but they didn't come. Like, but yeah, but they say if you build it, they will come. And people spend their entire budget building it. Oh, we need it better. Another bells and whistles, more features. Dude, if you build it, they will not come. <laughs> If you market it, they might come. They might not come, depending if you have a funnel or not. And if they come, they might vomit if you're just going to sell them. You want people to smile and to feel good. So build a beautiful funnel. And for me, I had to learn the hard way because I built hundreds and hundreds of websites. And my clients were like, you said if they build it, they will come. You build it, they didn't come. I was like, I'm going to figure it out. I have to reverse engineer Google here. All right, let me figure this out. Let me shove a couple random keywords into your website. Oh my gosh, you're number one. Look at that. They're coming. They are coming to your website. Magic. Yay. Now they're out of business because they got the wrong clients, but that's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in addition to being CEO and founder of Ajax, you're also a highly sought after keynote speaker. I'm curious to know what was the most memorable keynote you gave and why? Seven stages to seven figures. I help both sales and marketing people be able to create seven figure breakthroughs in their life and in their business. And I talk about my story, seven stages to seven figures. I'm writing a book called Average Joe to CEO. It's coming out hopefully in November. And the idea behind it is there are beliefs, there are failures, there's a certain work ethic and skill set you need. There's a certain level of focus you need to have. There are certain fears you have to overcome. There are relationships that you have to build and you have to do things on purpose. And those are the seven stages. And when I talk about my experience in each one of the stages, how I went through my mother's store and I saw her for a decade try to get over the million dollar mark and it didn't work and how I overcame personal failures in my own personal life. And I put all the anecdotes together and all those stories together to deliver an impactful presentation and have people come out with really, really actionable things, actionable areas of their life that they can take to the next level. For me, that's like a win, win, win. Excellent. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests kind of two standard questions towards the end of each show as, as a CEO that obviously makes you a prospect for other people trying to sell your company services uh, and products. I'm curious, what's the best way to get your attention? If somebody doesn't know you and they want to get in touch with you and build credibility, what's the best way to do that? The best way to get my attention is to leave me a voicemail because I will never check it ever. <laughs> if you want to get my attention connect with me on linkedin connect with me on facebook connect with me on twitter send me an email send me personalized messages add value to my life and you'll see what happens you know start by adding value most people try to sell you sell you sell you and then they give up after the first try when the sale is made after the 12th try when i want to get someone i'm relentless they see all of a sudden connection requests on linkedin i just liked all their stuff on instagram i just connected with them on twitter like be relentless like if you're relentless if it's worth your time to be relentless you will get a call excellent so last question we call it our acceleration insight there's one thing within all your experience that that you've uncovered that you could tell sales or marketing professionals uh, one piece of advice that you think would make them hit their targets and be better at their jobs what would it be and why start reading books 
about developing yourself. Jim Rohn said, work harder on yourself than you do on your business and you will grow in ways that you can never imagine. Most people are so busy working on their skills or not working on their mind. Work on your mind first. Your skills will come. With the right mindset, you can pick any skill set. Perfect. So if a listener's interested in talking more about what we touched on today, best way to get in touch with you? Go to joeapfelbaum.com for my personal website. If you want to check out Ajax Union, go to www.ajaxunion.com. I'm about to launch an incredible new podcast, my third podcast, where I interview founders of the fastest growing companies in the United States. I'm doing 178 interviews in the next four or five months. I already did 40 this month. And it's just going to be mind-blowing to hear what they have to say. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. You can Google me, by the way, Joe Applebaum. You'll find dozens and dozens of interviews that I've done. Excellent. Excellent. Joe, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. It's been great having you and I appreciate the insights and the time. Thank you very much. Looking forward to connecting with you even more. All right. All right, everyone that does it for this episode, please check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share the episode with friends, families, coworkers. And until next time, we at Value Prime Solutions wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.